Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Go to the book of James, chapter 4. We've been heading this direction now for a few weeks. You have to realize that this is a day and an hour in which to live in a very resistant posture against the things the enemy would try to use to basically destroy you. Because that's his ultimate intention is to destroy you. He doesn't play games. He doesn't play around. He doesn't, uh, you know, he's not just wanting to tease you. He's wanting to kill you. That's his nature is to steal, kill, and destroy. And, you know, he thinks he's flexing his muscles right now in many different areas. And, you know, we're, we're of, the, uh, of the camp of those that stand in faith, believing that we do have the authority upon the earth that uh, Satan does not and will not. Amen. When the church is raptured, then God will step in himself and he will be the authority upon the earth. But it's an awesome time to be alive. And I know that uh, uh, a lot that's going on in the world and a lot that the news is reporting. And, and you know, how, how, can you, how can you expect, you know, a media that, that what, what, what one do they get right? What, what uh, story do they get right? You know, uh, I, you never know. I mean, you never know what they're, what they're saying or how uh, 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 true or false it may be. But we do know a lot of people are suffering there is a great threat upon the earth that there has not been uh, for many years. And a lot of it is happening exactly according to Scripture and exactly how God has laid out what would happen in the last days. I mean, it's happening right now. It's just amazing uh, how close we really could be uh, to the rapture of the church. And... Uh, you know, the whole world is moving toward some type of a, a one-world government. But, you know, they're kind of doing it in lockstep now. They're not really, res there's not a lot of resistance. There's not a real, uh, Europe has had, you know, decades of being, uh, uh, you know, Euro instead of France and, and England. And uh, they've been Euro. I remember when the national identities of the European nations were a whole lot stronger than they are today. I remember when they used to check our passports every time we'd leave and go to Northern Ireland, if we went to Scotland, if we went to Wales or we went to, uh, into England or up to Finland, wherever we went, you know, you were just going into another country. So you went through their customs and immigration. So I remember, remember what my, my passports used to look like back then. They were a mess. But, you know, that was just a, uh, that's the way they did things back then. then. Then, you know, back in the late 90s, all that was done. That was gone. I mean, they never checked you again. They checked you coming into whatever uh, a port of entry you came into, into Europe. That's where they checked you, and that was it. I mean, it was wild. I mean, all those national boundaries, all those borders that, you know, seemed to be something everybody would fight and die for, they just kind of erased them all, you know. Well, they were just, you know, one big happy family. Well, we know that that's all fulfillment of prophecy. That Roman Empire, all of that has all come together. It's all happening right now. And so are, so are all of the, uh, many of the plans and many of the things that will be done during the seven-year tribulation period is, is, are literally being, uh, how would you say, it's being ramped up toward that right now with all kinds of things that are happening. 
I don't know how many of you listened to, to Joe Morris, but you know, his, his, uh, his, uh, his reports have become more and more dire. You're like, oh my goodness, and this is that. And, and you know, there's never been, I don't think there's ever been a, a nuclear threat on, on the world like there is right now. So my, some of my earliest memories of a child were of 1961, 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I don't remember what was being said on the television. I could see the faces of the people. But I do remember the reaction of my parents and grandparents and family and people all around. I mean, they were freaking out. And I remember the first, some of you may remember this, the first few years that I went to school, public school, first grade, second grade, third grade, we did these, these atomic bomb exercises. Do you remember those? When you go out in the hall, like that was really going to protect you, you know? <laughs> yeah, and cover your head, you know? There's an atom bomb fixing to go off. You're like, oh, yeah, all right, cool, that'll help. <laughs> I mean, that was our attitude back then, so probably hadn't changed a whole lot. So, you know, these are, these are the, uh, the perilous times that, that, uh, that Paul wrote to Timothy about, wrote to us about. Amen? So what we've been speaking on and growing in the things of God in character, growing in love, growing in faith, prepares you to walk in authority. God, listen, God demands of us in this day and hour that we not only walk in authority as a church, but that we walk in authority as individuals. And you've got to release the authority that God has invested in you in Christ on every level, especially the level of what goes on in your mind. Because if you're not speaking to your mind and coming against that which the enemy tries to create and uses strongholds in your mind, then I guarantee you the enemy, he has got his construction crews for strongholds in minds are, are on overtime right now because they can build them real quick if you're not careful. How many people you know that's got a mindset of fear now because of what's going on politically or what's going on medically or what's going on right now? Their whole mindset has changed. That's a stronghold that has come into their mind that has been built very quickly through information, intricate patterns of thought. Amen? And so people today do not realize that the pressure that's coming upon a lot of people, the stress, the anxiety, where people feel like they're kind of on edge all the time, that's happening because of a continual bombardment of negative information coming against your mind. That can show up in your flesh. It can show up in your finance. And I'll tell you another thing it can do. It can make you tired all the time. And you don't really have the joy you should have. You know, we as believers should be having the greatest time. This should be the most exciting time to be a Christian that there's ever been to live in. And I know it is, it is, you know, so, some say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Everybody's going through something. That's, that's something that you've always got to remember, not to let the devil put that thought in your mind. You say, why? Because when you say a word like, you don't know what I'm going through, well, you don't know what that person's going through. You're just saying, I'm going through something so unique everybody needs to hear about it. Well, not really, because we all have something like that. Amen? So the Bible talks about all this affliction that's going to be accomplished in all our brothers and sisters around the world. This great pressure that's going to come on the body of Christ, which is going to be the proving ground for the covenant that God left us in Christ. In the midst of all this fear and all this agitation, we're going to have peace and joy. In the midst of all this sickness and disease, we're going to have healing and we're going to have health. In the midst of all this crazy stuff that's going on in our finances, people say, well, I mean, gas is going to go to $10 a gallon by the summer. We've preached that for years. We've said for years, I said it back in the 80s. What are you going to do when gas goes to $10 a gallon and bread's $100 a loaf? And people are sitting there going, I wonder when the news is going to come on. 
if I can get there in time to hear it. Well, listen, if you already know what's going to happen, you're not surprised when it does. Amen? And I'm not really so surprised by what's going on. I just knew there'd be a trigger to it. I didn't know what that trigger was going to be. But in the midst of all this darkness, we've had some wonderful light that is manifested. You know, we had two great conferences in the midst of COVID. Two of the largest ones we ever had. Amen. We've been, been able to uh, participate with Christopher. He was the only place he was able to go was Tanzania. So he just soaked Tanzania with the gospel. Now Egan's over there picking up where he left off and Egan's off in other places. Amen. I mean, we were able to, uh, you know, do some other things as far as our media ministry going to another level. Everybody that watches us on live stream can tell how, how well that broadcast looks, how the sound is, how it goes out. We get lots of compliments on it. Amen. But in the midst of all of that, we've got to understand there's a core group of us here that we've got to listen. We've got to really press into the things of God and live on that level that God wants us to. Because in the midst of that, that's the true joy of that which we're heading toward. The Bible says Jesus endured the suffering, the shame of the cross for the what? For the joy that was set before him. Folks, we got some joy that is set before us. What do you think it's going to be like when your feet let go of this earth? What do you think you're going to do? You think you're just going to stand there and clap while you're going up like that? You won't be going up next to me long. <laughs> Amen? I, there ought to be some, some anticipation in you toward that. Now, we're in James. We've gone over these scriptures so many times, it bears another one. But you know, I was studying it today and just, well, just, let's just trust the Spirit of God. Uh, go, to, go to verse 7. Make sure it's 7, 4, maybe it's 5. King James, it starts with do. I got a line through that. Yeah, it's a 5. Do, do you think that the scripture saith in vain... That the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. Now this, talk, this talks about the human spirit lusting unto envy. Now notice what it says. It says, uh, next verse. But he, but he giveth, everybody say this, more grace. He giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Now notice that. It does not say he gives grace to the weak. It says he gives grace to the humble. Now, it's easy to be humble. I say, how do you be humble, brother? I say, you recognize anything you do, everywhere you go, at all times, it's not you but him. It's him. It's Christ in me. I've said it like this for years. All of our success, everything, everything we do that blesses others, everything that do that brings blessing to our life, everywhere we go, everything we're involved in, all the success, it's all God, all God. All the failure of it, everything that's been messed up, that's all us. That's all me. I'll be like, yeah. It's true. And when you figure that out, it's easy to live in the balance of humility because you realize you're down here on this end and you're confessing and you're believing and you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you're giving and you're coming to church and you're studying the Word of God and you're running your business or you're going to your job or you're doing this or you're doing that. You're just, you're just doing life 
righteously in communication with God at all times in your heart and your spirit. Always in that posture of resistance, God says to those people, I'm going to give them some grace, some grace, some greater grace, so that they can be humbled in this and see how I work. It humbles you to see God do it. Let's be saying, you don't want God doing too many miracles. You just get puffed up in pride. No, you won't. You let a couple of major miracles happen in a ministry or a church, I guarantee you it does not puff you up in pride. It humbles you to see an almighty God reach down from an unseen realm and touch somebody's heart, touch somebody's life, touch somebody's body, touch somebody's finances. I mean, you realize how very small and how little you are and our God, our heavenly Father can hold the whole universe in the palm of his hand. And he's small enough to live in our hearts by the Spirit of God. It's, it's, uh, I mean, your minds can't even figure it out. It's humbling to realize for God so loved the world that he gave, he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, his most precious possession. He gave it as Abraham gave Isaac, but Isaac, I mean, Abraham raised the knife and God sent an angel and said, no, no, no. But when God raised the knife, that's what that was about in the, in the desert when they raised that serpent upon that pole where God through Jesus Christ or in Christ took literally took the spirit of Satan out of us through his great sacrifice upon the cross. That's what it talks about. It says, for the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish. It's utter foolishness. But unto us that are saved, it is the what? The power of salvation. You say, why is that? Because he used the power of death or separation to separate us from the iniquity and unrighteousness that was inherent in our spirit that motivated us to sin and obey and submit to our flesh and minds. What a sacrifice. He had to take it all. He had to take it all so that we could be delivered. That humbles you. Humbles you to see that. He giveth more grace whereof he said, God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble. Then he says this, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now we've read that from so many different angles. Authority of the believer. Faith. Resisting the devil, overcoming faith. All, I mean, I could name probably 15, 20 more titles that we've used to try to turn this scripture in different angles and get it into your spirit. Because there's so much in this small scripture. There's so much in it. This is one of those scriptures, if you can get this right, it's going to really help you a lot. It's kind of like, you know, uh, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is on you. So you go get the Holy Ghost and then you realize, I got me some power here. One of those kind of deals. Amen? So here it says to do what? Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, to resist literally in the Greek means to actively oppose. The problem with a lot of people that's been taught faith is they, you know, they pray, oh Lord, and then they, they make a confession and then they walk off and wonder why nothing, nothing works. It's because resistance is continual according to that which is coming against you. I'm going to give you a secret to running uh, sickness or diseases off in hours and, or just a few days, maybe a day, day and a half. You got to start it and not stop till the symptoms are gone. <laughs> you got to start. You say start what and stop what? 
You got to start speaking the word. You got to start worshiping God. You got to, I mean, when it knocks me down and I'm in the bed, I do it in the bed. I just do it in the bed. I don't turn on the TV. I don't turn on the radio. I just lay in the bed, speaking, speaking healing scriptures, speaking, uh, uh, worshiping God, thanking God I'm on the hill, resisting the symptoms. No, I'm not going to receive. I'm not going to have that in Jesus. I remember what was it? It was oh, man, that uh, uh, shingles. Oh, my God. Man, the pain of that stuff was crazy. I mean, I've been around pain in my life. I know I've had me some pain, amen? And that was some pain. I mean, it came in, it came in waves. And in the, in, the, in the valleys of those waves, man, I would just, I'd just worship God and praise God. And, and then those things, it'd rise up. And it just, man, that pain would be so intense. And I would just speak the word, speak the word. And I just did it. I actually did that for two days. And I called somebody, somebody, I think Alan or Roland or somebody preached on that Sunday morning. And at 7.45 that morning, the phone rang and it was Pastor Paul who was here this weekend from Manila. He, they had just closed, uh, finished their, their night service, 9 o'clock. It was about 9.30, 10 o'clock in Manila. He said, I just wanted to call you. I said, oh, Paul, the shingles, the devil's beating my brains out. I said, you got to pray. And he prayed a prayer of faith. I went and laid down on the couch. Went to sleep for the first time in two days. I think I got off the couch sometime that night and went to bed and got up the next morning. For the most part, all the pain, everything was gone. Within two days after that, I was back to normal. I preached that one next Wednesday night. I was in the pulpit preaching. They told me I'd have it for six months. That's what they told me when I went to the doctor. I said, no, I'm not going to have it for six months. I'm going to resist it. But now notice, submit yourself, therefore, to God, Resist, actively oppose the devil, and he will. So the, the, the power that you can muster in your authority when it comes to resisting the devil is directly proportionate to your submission to God. You got a low level of submission to God toward God, you're going to have a low level of power when it comes to resistance against the devil. And I'm going to tell you how that works. You just don't want to. You don't feel like it. The enemy's already defeated you in your mind. It's kind of like just rolling over, giving up. But you've got to make a decision. I'm going to submit myself to God. Well, that's, that begins in his word. So I'm, I'm a, if I see it in the word, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey it. You know, what you can see through revelation in the Word of God, which I call the generic will of God for all of us, something all of us need to do. It's in the Word. You don't need a prophecy. You don't need a word of knowledge. You don't need a thus saith the Lord. You don't need any of that. All you need to do is see it in the Word. There it is. There it is right there. You must be born again. Got it. I'm going to get born again. Amen. Then you shall receive power. Or Jesus said to remain in Jerusalem, He commanded the disciples to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? You see it in the Word of God. You see, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. You see Jesus say, Mark 16, I'm going to build my church. You think about, well, where's the church at? So you go looking for a church. But you've got to find out what a church is. So you've got to go somewhere in the Bible. There ought to be some place in the Bible that shows you what a church is. Wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think? Yes. Well, in the Bible, there is a place. You can go in there and see exactly what a church is. It's a place where lost people, if they go there... They're going to get saved. Even the ones that go to the church, if they get out of fellowship with God, they go to the church, they're going to get restored because people are going to love them, bring them back into the kingdom of God. 
Sick people get healed. Oppressed people get delivered. There's joy in the house. Why? Because there's hope. And where there's hope, there's a possibility for faith. If somebody can hear the word. Amen? So you got to look into the word of God. Because not everybody that waves the flag of Christianity and puts a cross on top of a building is a church. Amen? And churches also want to spread what they have. They don't want to just hold it in their, you know, just hold it in the four walls. They want, they want to get out, of the, get out of the four walls. They want people to, to experience the same thing that they have. Same peace, the same joy, the same healing. Now, let me read this. I got, listen to this in my, uh, I was studying in my Passion Bible. Remember the Passion Bible? There, there again, what is that, verse 5? It says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says... The spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who, intentionally, who, who intensely desires to have more and more of us. Now, that's a little bit different than the King James. This flips it from the lust of man to the lust of God. What does God lust after? You. You ever had somebody a lusting after you? I mean, it's pretty crazy. If you've ever had somebody a lusting after you. <laughs> well, that's what God's doing. Now, notice this. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us, for it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life. You sinners, keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your, let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. What's he saying there? Now notice what it says. Be willing to be made low before the Lord and he will exalt you. That's, that's where your humility is, is when you realize. That's why I tell people all the time, God rescued me. He saved my life. There is no reason in the world why I should have been worth anything to anybody but God. Same thing for you. And he's doing everything he can do to keep you alive, to give you joy, so you can have peace, you can navigate these crazy days, all this that is going on, and in the midst of it, live a life that other people may want to live when they see your peace, your righteousness, your joy. But you're, listen, you're going to have to get down there in the trenches and you're going to have to run the devil out of your life, out of your house, out of your car if he's in your car, amen, out of your mind, out of every place in your life that he's trying to destroy you, kill, steal, steal and destroy, out of your family, everywhere. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to actually, actively oppose the adversary. Here's why. God's not down here opposing him for you. See, that's what we think many times. Well, God said, he'll just beat up the devil. The battle is the Lord's. Well, you'll find out it is, and he's already won it. So you're going to have to take that victory and do something with it. 
You're going to have to take that victory and shove it in the face of the devil and say, I'm not going to be moved by what you're trying to do to me. I'm not going to be moved by, by your financial destruction or your physical destruction or your mental de- I'm not moved by that. I resist you in the name of Jesus. I resist this doubt. I resist this fear. I resist these feelings. Sometimes you've got to speak to your feelings, especially when they're crazy. You say, why? Because the devil will make you think your feelings are spiritual. Well, I just feel like that's God. Well, you do, huh? Oh, my goodness. Where'd my time go? We'll pick this up next week. Let's look at it one more time. Read the scripture there in verse, what is it, verse 7? It says, so then surrender to God. That, I guess that was pretty much the thrust of what uh, pastors Paul and Shoddy were teaching this Sunday, was say Yes. What can God do with a yes? You know, we got to talking about that the next day. We were doing some fellowship, and I said, you know, what's amazing about that message, because you can take that, me- that little old message they preach and stretch it just about around the world. You, you, get, you get someplace spiritually in God, by, not by the big yeses. We talked about some of the big yeses of our life when God spoke to Lee and I to stop traveling and to, and to found Island Church, some of the big yeses we've had to face in our life. Well, you had to have the the mind of God and the will of God. But you know what got us to the big yes? It was saying yes to all the little little yeses. Going to church every service when it wasn't convenient. I remember when we first got married, I was traveling. Actually, actually probably right before, about a year or two before Leah sold her business. She was extremely busy. It took six, six to eight weeks just to get in to see her. And I was traveling and doing 300 meetings a year. I mean, we were busy, but you've got a grace. See, God gives more grace. We were close to God. I mean, not that we're not close now, <laughs> amen, but that, at that time, there was a unique, uh, what would you call it, intimacy between Leah and I and God. I sometimes would be coming home from Hobby Airport on a, on a Wednesday afternoon, just turn and go into, the, go into the parking lot of the church I went to because I knew in about 30 minutes, my beautiful wife was going to be walking in there. And she'd been on her feet all day cutting hair. And she'd come in there and we'd sit there and worship God. We'd glorify God. We'd magnify. Then we'd go home. And I'd be home a day or two. Then I'd leave and go, go, to, a, you know, go to another meeting somewhere. She'd go back and work at her shop. She'd be at church on the weekend. She'd be all, you know, all, it was all, our lives were, were interwoven into what God was doing, not what God was doing, something that was just interwoven into our life. See, that, that's, where we don't move, that's where we don't progress. Now, the purpose for this, and we're going we're gonna to hit two or three more scriptures before we finish really digging into our resistance, our posture of resistance. So if we needed a title for this, we'd title it Our Posture of Resistance. First, we must submit to God. You say, Pastor, I'm telling you, everything that has come against me, I've just had to go through it. You know what I mean by that? That means you had to go through it, and it didn't seem like there was any uh, supernatural help other than just to get you through it. Now, let me tell you something. That's not the will of God. That's not the will of God for you. You say, what is the will of God? To stop attacks and recover quickly. That's what God wants you doing. He wants you practiced and, and, and proficient at running off the devil. And the best way to start is in your mind. You say, why? Because that's going to be an everyday thing until you get that thing right. 
I resist the devil all the time when it comes to my mind. No, I'm not thinking that, devil. You know me better than that. You might as well take and pack that up and get it out of here. He said, what if he keeps doing that? Realize that when you said get, he had to leave. So you don't entertain that thought any longer. Well, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. Quit being a weakling and be the strength, be the strong believer that God's called you to be in these last days. Listen, God didn't call you to live in this day and hour if he didn't know you, you weren't going to be strong. He knew you'd be strong. That's why he's got you here. He knew you'd be strong. Well, we've really fought some battles. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Amen? We've all fought some battles. The only problem is Lee and I fight yours and ours too. Amen? So that grace is what? It's growing. It's increasing. And the more that it increases, the more it grows, the more we're humbled by what we see God do. The more we're humbled by what we see God do, the easier it is to submit. Submit means to come under the authority of. People say, well, I tell you, it's hard to be submitted. You're so submitted, you don't even know your name. I mean, they, from the speed limit to, to all these different laws we have to obey, all these different ordinances, all this and that and this. And that. Listen, you got, if you don't submit, they'll put you in jail. And then when it comes to God, you think, well, I, I don't know. I, nah, I, I don't, I, I'm a rebel. I'm my own person. No, you're not. You're just as controlled as the rest of us. You're walking, you're the one in line behind me, the other person, the one in front of me. I mean, that's just the way it is. Notice when you go to a crowded airport, they don't say, you know, wow, you know. <laughs> there they are, you know, bring them on down. They don't do that, do they? <laughs> you got to go with the rest of them. Nobody knows you're special but God. Thank God he does. Because he will treat you special and bless your life. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Then get into that posture of re resistance and let the devil know, yeah, it's a fight of faith, and I'm going to fight, I'm gonna fight for my, my, my place of victory, devil. I'm going to fight, which means I'm not going to be defeated. Amen? Did you get encouraged? Does that help you? Listen, whatever you're going through, muster more resistance than you have been. Start with what the enemy's trying to do to your mind. There when you lay down in the night and it's quiet, or when you get up in the morning, that quiet time. You're kind of just waking up and the enemy starts hitting you with that stuff. Tell him, no, I'm not going to do that. I think I'll just think three or four scriptures here. I think I might think this little song of worship. Amen? If you'll do that, you'll find out. That'll set the tone for your day many times. There's a lot to be afraid of. But there's a lot to rejoice about because of this grace God's given us in these last days. Amen? Praise the Lord. Stand on your feet tonight. Glory to God. Father, we bless your name. We thank you, Father, for the authority that you've given us. Father, we ask you not to vindicate our faith or the faith of our church, but the faith that you've given us in Christ. Vindicate the finished work of your Lord, of our Lord and Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ, that he might be glorified, that he might be magnified in all that he does, through the Spirit of God, the Word of God, Lord, we contend for an increase 
of that authority and that power. Lord, you said that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Thank you for the power of your word. We declare, according to Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. In all of our travel, the righteous labor of our hands, we declare the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. His authority, His power, His name, His glorious victory is ours. Thank you, Lord, in our health, in our finances, in our witness, Father. Allow your spirit to guide, move, and lead us. Let us be an answer to prayers of men and women today that are fearful, afraid, don't know what, what it is that's coming upon the earth. Let us be a light in the midst of darkness, salt in the earth, an answer to prayer, a miracle in people's lives. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we are covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.